This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is The Rita Cosby Show. So many Americans are shaking their heads with all of these random, brutal attacks that have been happening across America's cities. There are some stunning attacks that when you look at the footage, you just shake your head. It is unbelievable. In New York, there was this disabled man who was just suddenly sucker punched as he was on the elevator by a guy. He is planning to sue that man. Then there is a New York police officer who suddenly is just standing there. She's in uniform, and this guy comes over with a glass bottle and breaks it over her head. Luckily, she is going to be okay, but she is listed now in stable condition. And why are these criminals feeling more and more emboldened, where they feel like they can get away with anything? that they can go right over to a police officer basically in broad daylight and smack the officer on the head with a glass bottle. Luckily, that person was caught. But they feel emboldened enough to do it. And that, to me, is absolutely stunning. And it's downright frightening. And it's sort of par for the course. We've been talking about New York. But also in Chicago, there have been a whole bunch of these cases happening of late. There is this case of this woman who was there with her boyfriend, and this was over the weekend, where this is a 20-year-old, her boyfriend's a 22-year-old, and suddenly this mob comes over, basically kind of pushes them. Uh, The boyfriend says, oh, my gosh, you, you know, you push my girlfriend, and the next thing he knows, this crowd jumps all over the two of them. Luckily, a good Samaritan basically helped them because they got robbed, they got beaten, they got punched. Why is all of this happening? I think part of it is society is seeing that they can get away with it. It's a soft on crime approach that was basically spotlighted this week at the New York GOP hearings that we heard were basically Jim Jordan and everybody took Alvin Bragg to task. Also, you look at what's happening in Chicago. Same thing. They ended up hiring, basically, they just voted, remember, for a softer on crime mayor that's softer than Lori Lightfoot. Is that even possible? Lori Lightfoot, who is one of the loony lefties out there, they just got somebody who's even to the left of Lori Lightfoot. And this new mayor-elect, Mayor-elect Johnson, who hasn't even taken office yet, they had all these teens all over the weekend that were wreaking havoc in Chicago. And he basically came out and said, you know, it's not constructive to go after the teens, that it's demoralizing. It's not appropriate. Are you kidding me? What about throwing the book at them so they don't do it again? Case in point, like this woman who I said, her and her boyfriend 
They were beaten. The video is just unbelievable. It's so hard to watch. Suddenly, she's just walking down the street, and this group of like 20, 30 people, teenagers, come and start beating on her and her boyfriend, stomping on them, kicking them out of nowhere. Why are we seeing all of these random crimes? Well, it doesn't help when you have leadership like the new mayor-elect in Chicago. And, of course, the mayor who's going to be ousted any moment now, of course, Lori Lightfoot, who is leaving. Thank goodness. But now again being replaced by somebody even further to the left. Well, she chimed in, too. Wait till you hear what she had to say. Take a listen to this. When she was asked, well, what do you think? Because Johnson, the guy coming in, thinks this is terrible thinks this is basically not constructive to go after teenagers who are rioting and beating, like have sympathy for the teenagers. Are you kidding me? And good old Lori Lightfoot on her way out of the door delivered another line, basically undermining her community. Take a listen to what she had to say about the riots. Here's the thing. The mass majority of the young people that came downtown came downtown because it was a great um, weather and an opportunity to enjoy the city. That's absolutely entirely appropriate. Um, there are a few that came with different intentions, and they have they have, and they will be dealt with. Um, but I'm not going to um, use your language, which I think is um, wrong, uh, to say that it's mayhem. It's not mayhem. Can you believe this? The riots are not mayhem. If you look at the pictures, it's like the summer of love of 2020. Remember when there were like more than a thousand of them storming through Macy's? And there were some people who were like, oh, no, 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 there's no protests. Just remember when Minneapolis and there were like flames everywhere. And Ali Veshi on MSNBC said, it's mostly peaceful protests. I thought it was like Borat basically delivering the news because it was obvious. It looked like he was in a war zone. And he was like, oh, it's mostly peaceful, except for those hundreds or thousands that are burning the city to the ground. Just ignore them. That was basically Lori Lightfoot's approach. We'll take a listen real quick. This is the female victim in the riot. This is the woman who was surrounded by that mob. She finally spoke out today, and this is the 20-year-old describing what happened to her. Take a listen. We were just downtown in Chicago trying to shop, you know, trying to get some food. And we were walking down the street, and there was a really big group of, of guys, a really big group, big group of people. And girls. Yeah, guys and girls. And, you know, DJ had my hand, and he was trying to lead me through the crowd of people. And they pushed him, they pushed me. And as soon as they pushed me, I told DJ, I said, hey, you know, they, they just shoved me. And he asked them, he was like, yo, don't shove her, who shoved her? And as soon as he said that, everything went crazy. You know, they said they're going to kill us. They turned around and, you know, started fighting, you know. They started fighting. And here's a little bit more again of her describing what they did. Take a listen. I got pushed down to the ground and the whole group of people went to DJ, not me. Like, I have a lot less injuries than he does because I was more of a bystander than anything. But... Everyone went for him, and it ended up in the middle of the street. They were jumping him in the middle of the street. It got pretty bad. Really bad. If you see the footage, you're like, I can't believe that they are alive. And this comes again, as we talked about in New York. There is unbelievable footage of a disabled man who just suddenly gets sucker punched while he is in an elevator, collapses in an elevator. And now he is planning, by the way, on suing the not only the guy who attacked him, But the construction company that hired him, uh, which is an interesting case. We're going to get into that, too, as well. 
plus also an NYPD cop, a female cop who's just standing there. And suddenly, out of the blue, this guy comes over and attacks her, beats her on the head with a bottle uh, in broad daylight. It happened around 2 o'clock. And it turns out, guess what? The suspect, 11 prior arrests. I'm surprised he only had 11 in New York City. Usually you have at least 1,100 before they do anything. I'm being facetious because this justice system is so screwy here, courtesy of Alvin Bragg and so many others. Well, joining us now to talk about what is going on on our streets and why these young people and others feel emboldened is former NYPD detective Angel Masonette. Angel, really great to have you here on the show. Thanks for having me, Reva. Always a pleasure. You know, my friend, I had to have you because you are, um, I just think, so, uh, have such a great, powerful voice, your great experience with this. Angel, why is this happening to the point, let's talk about this last case. Here's a guy, it's 11 prior arrests, it's in the middle of the day, and he just kind of comes over and smacks this cop on the head, and it's a woman, it's a female cop. She's in uniform. She's standing there. He comes behind her. There's other cops standing next to her. And he just cracks a bottle over her head. Turns out the guy has 11 priors, but clearly just felt like, ah, no big deal. I mean, there's so many things wrong with this that he feels that he's okay to do it, that he would have the audacity to do it to a cop. Um, and also broad daylight, and he's got 11 priors. It's uh, Where do you want to start with this one? I think it's uh, it's clear that this is a you know consequence again of uh, no consequence of no consequences right these these criminals are emboldened to act out um, everything's excused with a, a you know oh well the guy's mentally ill the guy or the girl is mentally ill and it's an insult to people who are truly mentally ill who are taking their medicine who are uh, assimilating to society who are working every day struggling with their mental illnesses for real right working and functioning is as normal quote-unquote individuals and everything's always excused to mental illness and another component to that is when uh, um, a crime is uh, um, uh, blamed on mental illness it doesn't count towards crime statistics so i mean you have this this district attorney who has uh, uh, allowed major felonies in this city to shoot up 32 33 percent since 2019 the last year before the pandemic um this is just a direct result of his non-carceral, you know, promise, right, when he was sworn in that he was going to basically let criminals run amok in New York City, and that's exactly what he's doing. These people are getting what they voted for, unfortunately. You know, speaking of which, uh, Rowan Wilson, who is going to now be the new chief judge in New York, uh, he just got, uh, uh, you know, basically confirmed today, um, this guy is to the left of the left. I mean, what does that say that now also on the judicial system, just like you said, uh, and just like as we bring up Chicago, uh, on the mayor's side there, they vote a guy who's to the left of the left of Lori Lightfoot. And in fact, at one point he talked about defunding the police and has talked about replacing police officers with social workers. Angel, can you ever imagine one of the calls that you went on in your great years there at the NYPD that, okay, instead of uh, the robbery uh, is going on, let's send a social worker. Let's see how that works out. No, it's it's never going to work out. All it's going to do is put another civilian in danger. All it's going to do is put another civilian in the way of the police doing their jobs. Um, the, the police have to be allowed to be aggressive, 
proactive and they can be fair while they're doing it. I did it. I was in anti-crime in the 90s. I was in anti-crime when the Diallo shooting happened in the 48th precinct. I worked anti-crime. Um, I mean, you can you can be effective. The community wants you out there. Um, they appreciated us running around, taking guns off the streets. That's what needs to happen. And the more these people claim that this is, you know, an occupying army who is just a bunch of racists targeting black and Hispanic folks, you know, the more they bamboozle these people into believing this and they keep voting for the same people who are creating the laws that are killing black and Hispanic people in every inner city, basically, in this country, every ghetto, for lack of a better term. What's your reaction to the fact, Angel Masonette, that the Chicago mayor-elect who's coming in, again, this guy who we just talked about, um, basically sent a message, I think, to teenagers that were rioting over the weekend, you can keep going, you can just kind of keep doing it, because his answer was, it is not constructive to demonize teenagers. And then you got Lori Lightfoot, who is now, uh, you know, I was talking to Rudy Giuliani the other day. He said basically Lori Lightfoot looks like Steve Bannon now compared to the new guy who's coming in, you know. But Lori Lightfoot comes out and says, oh, it's not mayhem. Um, everything's fine. That was, if you look at the video, and I'm sure you've seen the images, you're so attuned on all this stuff, Angel. It looked like mayhem and it looked like a riot. And for them to basically excuse these young people and say, you've got to take care of their communities. You've got to do this. Don't blame them. That emboldens them. And you know it is a it is a track that they continue to do over and over again. They've just basically opened the door for them to have a life of crime because they will feel no repercussions. Yes, it's it's. It's really, it was like wilding, right? We used to call it wilding back in the, 80, the, the 90s and the 2000s when I was on the job in the streets. Um, it, it was absolute mayhem. Um, again, these are ready-made excuses for these, for these young individuals to fail, right? These people are, are putting these, these ready-made excuses out there, and it's an insult to kids like myself, to be honest with you, who came from single-parent households, these poor. I was on welfare. A lot of these kids are on welfare, and they make something of themselves. They come from these bad situations and they make something for themselves because they make good choices and they don't decide to go out and start acting like complete savages, to be honest with you, and assaulting people and robbing people under the guise of having a bit of fun. And then she has the audacity to say it was only a couple of people. There were thousands of kids out there acting crazy and assaulting people. It's just it's, it's an insult to people who have suffered and have prospered in spite of these uh, uh, ready-made excuses that these politicians give. So how do we turn this around real quick, Angel? We have to give consequences. We have to let the police do their jobs. Um, you know, the criminal justice system has a lot of components to it. The non-carceral uh, district attorneys and these rogue judges have to be held accountable. You know, they talk about qualified immunity with police officers and getting rid of it. They need to get, get rid of this qualified immunity, so to speak, with judges and DAs. When they don't do their jobs and these people are released, to commit more crimes and hurt people, they should be held accountable. They should be allowed to be sued and even arrested for being derelict in their duty. Yeah, 1,000%. And you bring up a great idea, the derelict in their duty. It's interesting. In this guy's case, by the way, the guy who was sucker punched on the elevator, 
he is trying to go after not just the guy who obviously punched him, but he's going after the construction company because the guy was doing construction, holding up the elevator for construction reasons at the time. And then they got into a dispute because he was holding up the elevator and saying, hey, you can't do this. Then they started getting into a fight. The next thing you know, he, he says, you want to get hit? And he starts punching the guy. But he's going after the construction company. Um, is that a message real quick to employers, real quick? Good for him. Yes, absolutely. Uh, people have to be held accountable for their choices. And if they're doing this under the guise of social justice, they have to take into account the law-abiding citizens who have to be subjected to their choices of hiring these people and having these people in the street where they don't belong. Yeah, maybe some better screening there, too, because clearly the guy yes. needs some anger management lessons at minimum. Um, thank you very much, Angel. We love having you on. Thank you for your great service to keeping all of us safe, too, for all the great years you've done and continue to do. Thank you, Angel. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. When we come back, everybody, we're going to take your calls. What do you make of them suing this guy now, suing also the construction company? And how do we turn this around? 1-800-848-9222. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. talking about these random, horrible, unprovoked attacks in many cases that are taking place across this country. Why do you think we are seeing more of them? You just heard from Angel Masonette. Clearly, young people and old are not getting the message that they can't be repeat offenders, and they shouldn't be even first-time offenders, obviously. But they're clearly not getting the message through the justice system that they will be penalized. Case in point, this horrible case of a man who just goes right over to a police officer. It's a female officer and clocks a bottle over her head in the middle of the day. Can you imagine? I mean, when I was growing up, I never in a million years would ever think of going over to an officer and clocking an officer on the head in the middle of the day or any time or disrespecting an officer or saying anything to an officer. And now they feel emboldened. How much do you think also this defund the police movement is also emboldening people to do attacks against police officers? And then there are these cases that we have seen of late in Chicago where a flash mob basically comes upon this couple And basically starts beating a 20-year-old and her 22-year-old boyfriend. And luckily, they are both going to survive. But it is stunning, the footage, that you basically see them being swarmed out of nowhere. Apparently, they brushed by the girl, kind of pushed her. And she's, oh, the guy pushed me. The guy said something. The next thing you know, it looks like dozens of young teens, men and women, were beating upon these two people. It's an unbelievable scene, punching them, kicking them, uh, robbing them. They left them without shoes, without their iPhones and Apple Watch, a whole bunch of stuff. 
Luckily, a good Samaritan tried to help them afterwards. That's the only shining light of all of this. And then this case that we just talked about also, which is an unbelievable case, and you see video of it. It's a disabled guy basically getting sucker punch, collapsing inside an elevator. And it's interesting. He, sadly, you see him just getting punched and punched and punched. The guy had to undergo brain surgery to repair a damaged skull, all because he was upset that the guy was basically holding the elevator for construction reasons. And basically says to him, you know, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. And then suddenly the worker comes after him and says, you want to get hit? And he leaves him begging for his life on the floor. Now the guy is suing the attacker and the construction company. Is it time to go after all these people who clearly know somebody maybe has a screw loose? Was there history with this guy? We're going to take your calls after the break. 1-800-848-9222. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, a powerful story coming from Maryland, where for the second time in just one week, Maryland State Police were called to make a bold air rescue of a man who found himself in a perilous position while in the forest. By the way, this is from West Virginia. The Maryland State Police called there to assist. Troopers made a bold rescue approximately on April 13th when they were called to assist in a near day-long search and rescue effort after an elderly man became disoriented And was injured. Now, according to police, an 82-year-old man was found in a ravine of densely forested area north of the Cheat River following a 14-hour search after he went missing at a Preston County, which was near the Maryland border. First responders in West Virginia were ultimately able to track down the hiker after a lengthy search, though they were unable to reach him due to the steep terrain and dense forestry. So they called in the Maryland State Police, and the crew from Trooper 5 based out of the Cumberland section of Maryland was requested for an aerial hoist mission due to the man's very difficult location, the surrounding topography, and an extended extrication line and the nature of his injuries. West Virginia rescue personnel initiated patient care, stabilized the men, uh, and then Luckily, the state police came in and they were able to hoist him. Uh, The trooper was lowered first out of the helicopter and with an assistant from the West Virginia First Responders was able to secure the 82-year-old man. And the two were then hoisted back to the aircraft, at which point police say that the incident transitioned to a medevac role. He was flown to a local hospital and has been treated for evaluation and is said to be doing okay at this time. What an amazing, amazing job by the Maryland State Police. By the way, at one point that helicopter was hovering over 200 feet above the tree lines. So a dramatic rescue. And thank goodness this 82-year-old man is alive, thanks to the great work of the folks there, the EMS in West Virginia, and, of course, the great Maryland State Police. I love every night here on the show doing Back the Blue. And that's why, by the way, it breaks my heart when I saw this video, this shocking video that we're talking about now in New York, 
everybody is talking about this, of basically this guy coming over, um, and there's a female cop standing there on a busy sidewalk. It happens in New York City, basically 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and suddenly a guy, 45-year-old Jose Garcia, walks up right behind the female cop, clocks her on the side of her head with a glass bottle. He then charges at her and swings at another cop standing next to her before he's taken to the ground. Turns out this guy, Garcia, well, luckily he was arrested and charged with assault. Luckily, hopefully he doesn't get out. Alvin Bragg probably oversees this case, so God forbid, let's see what happens. But this guy has 11 prior arrests. The cop is said to be doing okay, is in stable condition at the hospital, but What a horrible, terrible situation just to hear of what the background is and why this happened. Why was this guy out on the streets? And what is going on that people feel so emboldened and so audacious that they think that they can just go right over to a crowd of cops that are standing there? And suddenly the guy, like, hits the person over the head, hits the cop over the head, a female cop with a glass bottle. I mean, this is an unbelievable situation. We've seen these, you know, images of like water being thrown at cops and other things being, you know, happening to cops. So to suddenly walk over to a group of cops and then continue to take a swing at another cop, it's like he just doesn't care. And he's got 11 prior arrests. Clearly, this person is a menace to society. What the heck are they doing out? Well, here is the chief of the Detectives Endowment Association, Paul DiGiacomo, talking about just how difficult it is for cops and citizens, given the climate right now on New York streets. Well, we hope that the federal government has some, uh, some clout to get some of the things fixed on a local level. You know, uh, crime can't continue to uh, go in the direction it's going. It's unsafe uh, for the New York City detectives out on the street every day and also for the general public as well. And here's a little bit more from the head of the Detectives Endowment Association. I've never seen it like this. I've never seen, uh, you know, uh, district attorneys not prosecute crimes uh, at the level that uh, they're doing. Uh, three of the district attorneys, uh, two are very good. Uh, and we need, we need to have uh, law and order and the district attorneys work together. Uh, I've never seen it like this before in my career in law enforcement. Why is it happening now more than ever? one 800 848 I contend these thugs feel emboldened, and I contend that some of these soft-on-crime DAs are very responsible. They and their departments. No wonder there was the hearing this week in New York City where Alvin Bragg's track record was on the hot seat. There are a lot of Alvin Braggs across this country. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mike, line one. Mike, your thoughts about this? Well, I'm the lead-off batter, Rita. Great show. And I'll tell you, um, Shout out to Angel. Great, you know, uh, great interview. You know, Rita, I have a lot of friends retired, NYPD, Nassau County, where I'm from, and others. I did 25 years in New York City Transit. But it's outrageous. Bravo, 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 by the way, Mike. So you know what it's like being there right on the front lines. Oh, yeah. And, you know, uh, it's mayhem, you know. And and look what you said about Chicago. It's a killing field and Lightfoot. Oh, it's a nice day. You know, people wanted to have a good time. You're interpreting, oh, mayhem. It's really not mayhem. Really? Really? And I love the buzzwords they, they try to use. And now 
uh, uh, you know, the gentleman on the elevated, the female cop in the city, uh, uh, thugs around the country, and brag, shame on you, brag, because you got, you know, you got people that want to uh, look up to you for what? They should take your law license away. And they, they were, I even mentioned a good man, Kenny, while I was on deck, before I got on deck. You know, thugs down. By the way, he's not a good man. We we call him Crazy Kenny, but go ahead. Crazy Kenny, rim shot. Where's my dress? And, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I see him down here. Uh, Out of control, you know, unprovoked attacks, Rita. And, oh, I'll leave you with this. You know, and look at the VP, of course. A VP. And and Biden, you know, you you, uh, uh, sleazy Democratic donkey. Well, and, you know, where are their voices? You bring up a great point because I still always go back to the fact, Mike, that in the middle of all this, when things were crazy, especially during all the, quote, summer of love, if you will, you know, they came out. Here was Kamala Harris basically supporting the Minnesota Freedom Fund, telling people to donate to the Minnesota Freedom Fund. There were a number of people on Joe Biden's campaign at that time that were donating to the Minnesota Freedom Fund. That was the fund that was bailing out the protesters in the riots. I mean, what message does that send? Where's the condemnation of do not touch our officers. We will throw the full force of the law. Do not burn our cities. I've never heard them talk with that kind of intent, with the passion that, like, you and I and so many of our great callers that call into the show do. You know, it's amazing, right. Mike. Where is the anger and the frustration? The way he describes MAGA and the hatred that Biden has whenever he talks about Trump, if he would have one-tenth of that anger towards these thugs who are burning down the city and, and hitting police officers on the head, I'd have some more respect right. for him. I mean, where is that anger? Well said, Rita. You know, I was a drummer back in the day, too, burning down the house. Let, 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 let's get, you know, uh, let's loot and, and uh, Austin and everything else. And uh, how about the VP? You know, we got 15 million that we know of, Rita, illegals. You know, uh, hey, it's springtime, VP. Show your pearly whites, and maybe they move people in the cover of darkness on planes and buses. Maybe you can hand out cherry blossoms to to to, to our and what, what they just don't give a damn. And Biden, you know, uh, what response? Non-response. Uh, he's a jellyfish, has no spine, and all the other far left uh, Democratic slash donkeys slash communists. You know. Well, I agree. And he's and he seems to be having no solutions either. I mean, I don't hear the anger and I hear no solutions. And that is a sad place to be because that is like rudderless and also allowing sort of this this anarchy, if you will. It is giving a green light to anarchy. And then you got these loony kazoonies like this new guy who's coming in, the new mayor who's coming into Chicago. Uh, I am praying for Chicago. I never thought like I I think Lori Lightfoot looks like, you know, like Bill Bratton now suddenly compared to, you know, it's like, oh, my God. Uh, Mike, thank you very, very much. Uh, let's go to Dave in Pennsylvania. Line five. Dave, your thoughts. Why is this happening more often? Why are criminals feeling so emboldened? Well, first of all, when Rita answers the phone, this ain't no dress rehearsal. Now I'm going to steal something that Mike there just said, buzzwords. I am sick and tired of these deceitful Democrats and their usurpation of the language of gun violence and assault weapons. 
because guns kill people the way cars are in jail for homicide. That's one. Number two, assault weapons. You can assault somebody with a frying pan as that person was assaulted with a bottle. So what is an assault weapon, okay? What is an assault rifle? Now, now my third point is— No, those are great points. Those are great points. And that's why so much of it is politics, as you know, Dave. I mean, so much well, of it is politics. It's all politics. That's why I watched that, uh, that hearing in New York, and every time one of those Democrats opened his mouth, it was about deceitful, lying politics. And let me ask you another—let me ask you a question— how long do you think it'll take before that gun laying on my dining room table loads itself, gets up, walks out the door, goes out in the street and shoots somebody? How long do you think it'll take? You are correct. By the way, I, I know what your your point is, is absolutely a powerful one. And by the way, you also have to make sure you put it in a safe place. Um, but you're right. The guns are not acting on their own. They, there are people behind it, and the people who are behind it are feeling emboldened. And there seems to be a selective prosecution, too, on where you go after. Um, let me ask you, what's the solution, Dave? Where, what is the solution to all of this? The first part of the solution is calling things for what they are. I start addressing the problem that is the problem instead of, like I said, usurpating usurpation of the language and blaming it what's going on on something else well they're making and excuses also, they are making excuses exactly. left and right yeah, Dave. And I, I, I gotta make one other point before i go uh because this is a good one i think you'll like it okay we're ready uh okay um it's a it's a parable a quick biblical type parable make it a short parable please Dave. Okay. it will it will be it will be there was a certain group of sheep that saw a certain sheep get mauled to death by a certain wolf so they all made an appointment with the dentist to have their teeth removed and that's what this is all about it's for, it's about removing lawfully owned weapons by lawful people to disarm the public. That's what it's about the end. And not going That's after the bad guys because illegal guns, sadly, will always be out there. And unless you teach those who are using the illegal guns a lesson and go after the individuals, uh, to your point, it's not the guns are just walking out by themselves. Thank you very much for the Dances with Wolves analogy. Thanks so much, Dave. Let's go to Jacqueline, line three. Jacqueline, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. You know, I'm going to say something that's very controversial, and very few people want to say what it is. Um, it has to do with, as Curtis would say, their uh, complexion is their protection. The people that have been let out of prison, the criminals that have been let out of prison, I don't think they're white. I don't think they're Asian. I don't think they're Native American. I think the majority of those people and other talk show hosts who happen to both be black men that I listen to, they speak the truth. They say it as it is. You want to make amends for all the years that the black community has been persecuted and prosecuted. You don't make amends by allowing them to kill other black people, innocent black people in their community. You don't say, well, these are teenagers. They're innocent teenagers. They're not innocent teenagers when they're carrying illegal weapons. They're not innocent people when they are brutally beating innocent victims. 
So people are afraid to say exactly what the issue is. Well, and also, Jacqueline, you hit the the nail on the head in the sense that it's not helping minority communities by putting others back in. They're the ones. I mean, if you go to, you know, uh, law abiding citizens in these minority communities and there's obviously many, many of them. They'll come forward and say, we would like more police. We'd like more protection. They want to be safe. Everybody wants to be safe. And you're not helping those communities by putting people who are repeat offenders back in, uh, whether they're in minority communities or other communities. It's endangering society. Um, and so and, and I, I agree with you. It's not making amends for anything by uh, allowing these people to go back out to not punish them and to suddenly punish the communities that they have to deal with these people and their wrath. That doesn't help anybody. and But regardless, we got to still figure out a way to turn it around. And these people have to see criminals as colorless and just go after them for their crimes. They have to stop saying, oh, this poor person, you know, uh, they had a tough life. Well, you know what? That's not an excuse to go over and sucker punch somebody or attack some, you know, innocent individual who's just walking down the street, whether it's in Chicago or New York. And for somebody, this case, too, that I brought up in New York, where this guy just comes over and punches this female cop, and he has 11 prior arrests, and then he keeps punching. First, he hits her on the head with a bottle, just kind of walks over, sees a cop, hits him on the head, hits her on the head, and then starts going after the other ones. I mean, what in, what in God's green earth does this person actually think that he's able to do that, that he's so emboldened and basically thinks, ah, no big deal. Whatever happens to me, no big deal. It's worth it, I guess, in his mind. I mean, that is a scary, scary human being and a scary justice system that somebody feels that emboldened. And we've got to turn that around. We've got to start putting the fear of God in these people that if they commit a crime, they will pay a price. And communities also have to speak out. The, you know, all different communities have to speak out. Minority communities, as you just talked about, they need to speak out, too, and say we deserve better, too, than to have these people back out in their communities, too, as well. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. Why are we seeing more of these random crimes? And is it time to get really tough on the attackers and also anybody else involved? Potentially in this one other case, they're going after the employer. That's an interesting one, too. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. So why are we seeing more of these unprovoked, very violent, random attacks taking place in major cities? We've seen a lot of late in New York, and we've seen a lot in Chicago and many other cities across this great country. St. Louis, Memphis, L.A., Seattle. Boy, the list could go on and on. Well, this is what Congressman Matt Gates had to say during that hearing in New York City where they were focused on soft on crime DA Alvin Bragg and his lack of a track record of going after criminals in New York. Listen to how he describes it. He says it's basically all tied to money coming from people like George Soros. To the extent that there is an impact on crime rates in major cities, I would suggest that that is exactly what you get with the Sorosization 
of the United States justice system. And in places like New Orleans, Louisiana, in places like Tampa, Florida, in Jacksonville, Florida, in Tucson, Arizona, increasingly George Soros is putting in upwards of $40 million to elect 75 uh, DAs to be able to engage in these downgrades. The Sorosization is that's what's happening. That new verb is that what is happening, or the Sorosing, I should say. That's a noun, but the Sorosing of cities across America. 1 800 848 9222. Let's go to William in New Jersey, line six. William, what do you think is to blame for what we're seeing now? These more random attacks by younger and younger criminals, too. Um, Rita, I'm going to give you a clear, concise opinion on this. This is what's happening. These imbeciles are using like uh, those dumb TikTok videos to propel them so they can upload it so all their idiotic friends can watch them. And it just breaks my heart to see when people do that to another living being, especially an elderly person who has spent their entire life working and they're just trying to get by. I watch them struggle in the supermarket daily and then, you know, to go up and sucker punch him. There, you know, there's, um, there's just no, they belong in hell. That's where they belong. Yeah, by the way, uh, William, I agree with you in the hell part, and I also agree with you on the TikTok socialization. I think we're seeing, I think they see these things on social media. Um, I think that that is part of it, that they're looking suddenly, they see, oh, look, that person got on social media or that person is talking about doing this. And um, even, by the way, social media even getting the message out about some of these things where they're happening. That's what happened, by the way. In Chicago over the weekend, they put out the word, hey, uh, this is what's going to be happening. This is where it's going to go. Come on out. I mean, how crazy and scary is that? Let's go to Tony, line seven real quick. Tony, your thoughts. Hello. Hi, Rita. How are you doing? Uh, I live in Flatbush. I live near Erasmus Hall High School. Uh, there's a big elephant in the room, right, Rita? Uh, Dominic talks about it. Curtis talks about it. These uh, attacks are predominantly predicated by black young black teenagers. How come anybody can't say that? No, that you I know what you're right. Be, by the way, you're right. But can and, you say it, Rita? Please. Yeah, uh, yeah. By the way, I will say it because if you look at right now, clearly it is. Um, however, I also don't know if race. You're making it sound like race is the only issue. Um, obviously, yeah, they are African American. In the case of at least in the Chicago case, it was mostly African men and women. By the way, doing it. Um, whoever it is, it's not good. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Here on the Rita Cosby Show, we are going to talk about some stunning new details that came out about COVID. Now a Senate report is saying not one, but two lab leaks from the Wuhan lab may be responsible and are likely responsible for COVID-19, which killed millions of people around the world. So will this president have the cojones to go after China? I don't think so. 
He won't even go after this spy balloon when it's doing figure eights over U.S. military facilities. But we're going to get into that later on in the hour. Also, a new stunning report saying that the Biden administration that continues to say that they care about children, and they were the ones who said, oh, the children in cages, remember, it turned out to be on the border, it turned out to be Obama was the one who put the kids in cages, not Trump. But now there is a new report that also came out that the Biden administration has been ignoring and also firing whistleblowers who have come out and said that there has been an unprecedented amount of young, unaccompanied minors who have been crossing the border that now end up basically in trafficking. And we're talking really serious stuff. We're talking about whether it's slave labor, whether it's human trafficking, sexual trafficking, um, some really horrible stories of what has been coming out. And why is this administration that says they're all for human rights Well, their open border policy is allowing some of the worst of the worst to happen to these young minors who are coming across the border and coming to America for a better life in most cases. And boy, when they come, unfortunately, uh, some of the situations that they have been placed in are just unconscionable and to me horrible. And the fact that this administration doesn't want to pay any attention to it, because guess what? It would draw an attention to their wide open southern border. Meantime, we're talking also about crime because we do know that a lot of people who have crossed the border have ended up on the terrorist watch list or haven't even been kept track of. They believe that there's at least a million gotaways, and these are the worst of the worst. And you know if they have not even been clocked into the system, even in a minor shape or form, which is typically the best, it seems, the Biden administration does these days. But... If indeed they are not even listed in any shape or the form, you've got a million of them. That is a really dangerous situation. And speaking of dangerous situation, we are talking about what's been going on in major cities across America. There is a really stunning and very troubling trend that is happening in many major cities across this country. And we're seeing these soft on crime DAs and soft on crime political leaders of all different uh, different kind of areas, whether it's the new mayor coming into Chicago or whether it's the DA in New York, Alvin Bragg. But there's clearly a pattern here where those who are in leadership positions are clearly turning a blind eye to these repeat offenders. And it is emboldening them like I have never seen before. And we've talked to people who've actually been out there on the streets. We're talking about law enforcement officials who every day are out there busting the bad guys. And they in particular are out there saying they have never seen it like this before. They have never seen how dangerous the streets are. They have never seen this kind of random crime where now some crazy person. Remember that case that happened not too long ago in New York City? Some crazy guy who had a history of mental problems suddenly runs over to an EMS worker and starts stabbing her to death. I mean, it was just an unbelievable case. Now there's a case also of this guy who's a repeat offender, has 11 prior arrests. He walks right over to a female cop in New York. She's dressed in uniform. She's with other police officers. She's obviously a law enforcement official with the NYPD. He comes over to her and clocks her with a glass bottle and then starts lunging at the other officers. And this guy is a repeat offender. Why is he out on the streets? He is clearly violent. He is clearly dangerous. His track record has shown it. And yet he is not locked up. 
there is clearly a horrible, dangerous pattern that's happening on America's streets. We're seeing it in Chicago, where now we've seen these mobs attacking these people randomly. That couple that was just attacked and suddenly kicked and beaten, robbed, unprovoked attack. And guess what does the mayor say there? The new soft-on-crime mayor-elect there basically says, oh, well, it's not nice, it's not constructive to basically denigrate these young, violent offenders who are out there. like, And then Lori Lightfoot, the current mayor, says, oh, you know, it's not mayhem. What are you talking about? The rosy-colored glasses. Denial, denial, denial. First of all, it is downright dangerous, and it's downright outrageous. And this ridiculousness of these officials who are trying to tell us what we see with our own eyes is absurd. They think we're stupid. We can see the images. You see suddenly hundreds upon thousands of kids going after burning cars, pulling people out of cars and buses. And it's not ma'am. It's not a riot. Call it what it is. It is dangerous. And we need to start locking up these people. And especially young people need to know there are repercussions. If not, it's going to get a lot worse. And God help Chicago. God help New York. I am telling you. It is really scraping the bottle right now, the bottom of the barrel, when you see what's going on on the streets of major cities across this country. And there is a clear pattern of young people feeling emboldened and political leaders giving them the license to feel emboldened by giving them a free pass over and over again, making excuses as opposed to throwing the book at them. When is this going to change? What are your thoughts, everybody? one 800 1-800-848-9222. Well, we were talking about this case in Chicago. If you have seen the video, everybody's talking about it. A swarm of people suddenly coming after this couple. And suddenly they were just attacked from all different directions. Men and women coming over. And the girl said uh, to her boyfriend, hey, they just shoved me. And he said, don't shove her. Who shoved her? And the next thing he knows, this big group swarmed upon them, started kicking them, started punching them, robbed them. And they said that they thought that they were going to be killed suddenly out of the blue. It is an unbelievable scene. You see dozens of them kicking and punching and shouting and laughing and basically talking about it. They're even posting it on social media like, hey, we basically got them. I mean, that's the other scary thing. They have no remorse and they don't care about putting themselves on social media. Here is the male victim that was on the other end of the shoe and the kicking and the punching. And here he is describing what happened and what definitely was a riot. Um, as you can see, I don't know if you can see or not, I have a black eye. Uh, my face is messed up. Uh, shoulder is pretty f***ed up, too. I'm pretty sure I got a, it's out of place or something. My back, sore. Uh, my nose, I don't know what's wrong with my nose. It's swollen. I don't know what's going on with it, but uh, get it checked out soon. And then he also describes how it just kind of came out of nowhere. Can you imagine how frightening that would have been? Take a listen. It was very random because all we were doing, we had just left Nordstrom and uh, we were looking for somewhere to eat. And we saw that group and they just thought they was tough. And then when I move out the way, just out there being stupid, young and dumb, trying to prove a point for nothing. Really scary stuff. And then you've got Lori Lightfoot who says, oh, they're not mayhem. That's not riots. I don't know what you're talking about. All those little things of those people being stomped to death almost, no big deal. 
And then you got the new mayor who's basically saying it's not appropriate to demoralize and go after. It's not constructive to go after these teenagers. That is preposterous. It is so obvious. Listen to the Democratic alderman. This is the guy in one of the leadership positions, again, a Democrat in Chicago who says this is obscene. And this behavior from people like Lori Lightfoot and the new mayor-elect, that is just creating the cycle and emboldening the bad people. Take a listen. Well, we were hoping that we'd have some collaboration and discussion with the mayor on how we can uplift the city of Chicago and put an end to some of the senseless violence that we see. We know he is focusing on root causes, and we know that many of my colleagues agree with me that we have to also deal with the here and now, as we're seeing in that video. But when you hear the response that the mayor-elect gave, where he said he condones violence but then gave it an exception that we shouldn't demonize our youth, No, we absolutely need to demonize this kind of behavior because this is unacceptable. We know not all of our youth are bad, but we do know that there are organized efforts to bring them to downtown and other neighborhoods to cause chaos and pandemonium. And I'm just so thankful that that young lady and her boyfriend survived this attack. It could have gone horribly worse because we do know that there were at least three people shot, 50 people arrested, and numerous adults are being followed to see what they had in connection with organizing this event don't demonize our youth Uh, if you see these people uh what they're like little soft little flowers that's the last thing i would do to describe them these are a bunch of thugs that are just randomly picking victims and then they're putting it on social media like bragging about it i mean there are so many things wrong with this situation why is this happening more and what can we do to stem the tide I sadly feel so disheartened about Chicago, and I feel disheartened about New York and other great cities around this country. Memphis has a soft-on-crime DA, too. What do you do there? There's a number of them across the country. We are seeing a pattern over and over again and people making excuses as opposed to punishment. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Joe, uh, line two. Joe, your thoughts about this? Greetings, my love. As usual, I'm going to hit you rapid fire. Let me finish. And then, as usual, you respond intelligently. First of all, Kenny, your your, uh, screen deserves a raise. Also. No, don't tell him that. Joe, don't tell him that. We're trying to give him. We're going to see if we can give it to him and have him work for free. What are you doing? Come on, John John Katz is a billionaire. He can afford it. He's a great guy. All right. Now the world. By the way, I agree with that. I'm not sure about the Kenny raise, but I do agree on the John Katz part. Go ahead. The world's having a nervous breakdown, and we, we don't have to join it. The bottom line is this, my dear. The bottom line is human sex trafficking, slavery uh, coming in as a border, you said. Remember, it was our ancestors that crushed slavery. The Italian division, the Polish division that served in the Union Army and crushed the Confederacy and brought an end. It was a miracle that a young woman wasn't raped and sodomized in Chicago. Kamala Harris, like you said, she raised money, as did Brainless Biden, to get these bums out. Kamala Harris is nothing but a political prostitute to Putana. Now, the slave soldier's mother, God bless her, she should sue these thugs. It's a 25-year enforceable judgment. Sue them. She should also go to the United States Department of Justice for violating his rights. That's what the federal government is there for. That's why they had these hearings. Local state not going to do it. Another thing is, 
when a disabled person or a disabled American veteran is assaulted and they're reporting it to the NYCPD or the Port Authority Police or the State Police, you tell them, I want them charged statewide and federal. And if you don't bring the feds in, I'll call internal affairs. It's a federal offense to assault, harangue, harass a disabled American veteran. And that's still on the books. And also, let me tell you something about these punks in Chicago. I'm not an old fogey. When I was two years young, in the early 1960s, my bella nona, my beautiful grandmother, handed me a, a soapy cloth, cotton cloth, to clean the TV screen. And I've been working honestly ever since. She enrolled me in American Cadet Junior Juvenile Marine Cadet Scouts and Sea Scouts. I was an acolyte, altar boy, altar server. I was in clo- I was in uh, clothing and food and beverage drive for the needy and con- conservation cleanups. When I beginning when I was two. But you know what, yeah, Joe? Joe, you hit it on the head because you learned good ethics and good values clearly from your family. I love what you're saying there because. Yes, I do think we got to find activities for kids. We got to get them either appreciating to work or after school activities, sports, whatever it is, clubs, different things like that. I do think there are solutions like that. Um, But you clearly learned it in the home. Some of them are not learning it in the home, uh, but that doesn't give them a right to terrorize other people. Um, But I think you hit a great point that so much of it does start fundamentally in the family. And if they're not taught it at an early age, they miss the mark. And I think those are so important things. And you're right. Uh, going after a veteran, uh, you know I'm right there with you. Throw the book at them if they do that. Joe, I love you. I always appreciate your calls. You are terrific. We're going to continue your calls after the break, everybody. Joe has us all fired up, as always. one 800 848 And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. In the last few days of what clearly look like riots on the streets of Chicago. And there are these flash mobs of young thugs, men and women, uh, by the way, pulling people out of cars as they're driving down or at a stoplight, uh, pulling a bus driver out. There's also the case of this couple that we talked about that thought that this mob, it looks like dozens of them suddenly kicking and punching, uh, they thought they were going to be killed. They're lucky to be alive tonight and talking about the Good Samaritan who actually saved them after all of that. It's just it's an unbelievable story. And yet Lori Lightfoot, the outgoing mayor of Chicago, came out and said, what mayhem? She was asked, hey, what's your response about the mayhem? She's like, what mayhem? What did she think that this was like a nice afternoon picnic? I mean, what kind of a moron or how crazy is this woman that she actually says, what mayhem? Mayhem, we see it. It, It's clear as day it's mayhem, but not to Lori Lightfoot. And things are so bad in Chicago and about to get a heck of a lot worse because we've got a new mayor coming in that was just voted in. And he has talked about defunding the police and sending social workers. We were talking with Angel Masonette, uh, the great former NYPD detective earlier tonight. And he was talking about how there's no way that a social worker is going to be able to handle the kind of calls that a cop deals with 
on an hourly basis. Forget a day-to-day basis, an hourly basis. Everything is unexpected. You have to be prepared. You have to be trained. And you're going to send a social worker to deal with any of these situations? Well, this is, by the way, Ramon Lopez. And Raymond Lopez is an alderman there in Chicago. He's a Democrat. And he was outraged that Lori Lightfoot in Chicago came out and had the preposterous thing to say, what mayhem? Everything's nice. It looks like a a day, you know, a day like poppies, like tiptoe through the tulips. Listen to his response. For Lori Lightfoot to say this isn't mayhem, clearly she is delusional. Clearly she's living in a different plane of existence. Not to be able to see how wrong this is for so many young people to be encouraged to destroy our city. They were trying to break into the Art Institute to loot the, in, the museum. They were pulling bus drivers off buses and beating them. That one woman said, my husband was pulled out of her car. We had cars set on fire in the middle of our downtown. It is completely unacceptable, and I hope that my colleagues tell Mayor-elect Brendan Johnson that we will not tolerate this all summer long. Sadly, it could get a lot worse. He just hit it because with the summer months coming up, Crime rises because kids are out of school. It's hot. Uh, They're out and about, often out late on the weekends. Pray for Chicago and other big cities across this country. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Deirdre, line eight. Deirdre, your thoughts. Hey, Rita, thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, What what do you think, my friend? I think, you know, logically speaking, I might be out of the box or we headed for martial law. Now, I look at it like the deep state, okay? You create a problem, and then you create a solution. So, and population control. So we have George Soros involved in this, too. So we have the Democrats, and I'm saying it loud, and I'm saying it clear. So if they can't do it one way, they'll do it another way. And then they want to come out looking like heroes. So will martial law come into effect? In Paramus, New Jersey, they have just stated in the malls. Kids younger than 18 cannot be in the mall without company by an adult from 5 to the time it closes. I saw that, by the way. And you know what's interesting, Deirdre? You're right. The Westfield Garden State Plaza Mall, the second biggest mall there in New Jersey. Um, You're right. And they said that they want to crack down. You know, it's interesting. The martial law, I think about a lot of times. I wonder if some of the COVID practices, remember, uh, which seem to help the Democrats clearly helped them in a lot of different arenas, and they didn't seem to want to lift it. So maybe there is some sort of strategy behind this. Let's go to Rick. Line four. Rick, your thoughts. Hey, Rita, you know I'm hardcore. I have an idea how we stop the gang violence. What we should do is we should multiply the charges. So if you commit like an assault, that would be a four- or five-year charge. If you commit an assault with four or five other people, then you multiply it times four or five times. So your charge will be five years times five times or six times. You get 30 years. If they know they're going to get a massive time in jail for a simple assault, they call it quote-unquote simple assault. Uh, if they knew they were going to be in half their life in jail for beating somebody up with four or five of their friends, I think they'll stop doing stuff like that. That's a great point, Rick. Suddenly simple assault wouldn't be so simple for them. You're right. Uh, that's a great, great point. Um, I'm also, uh, I'm from the Joe Arpaio school. Make them wear pink underwear and go into a rock quarry, too, especially if they commit a serious crime. 
But you're right. We need to do something to have them concerned and worried. And these flash mobs have to stop. We'll continue after the break, everybody. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, a beautiful story coming from Central South Carolina, where Semperfy Barn, I love the name, of course, a nonprofit hosted a ceremony to honor Corporal Ralph Conti, who is a 102-year-old World War II veteran. Conti, who is sharp as a tack, said, quote, it was a big surprise. I had no idea what it was about, but it was a great ceremony. I think it was the best so far. I really enjoyed it. They had a lot of veterans there. They had to honor many veterans that were present. Of course, he was the big superstar of the event. And during the event, he was presented with a copy of his dog tags to take home, which was very emotional for him. Semperfy Barn also hung another copy of Conti's dog tags from the building ceiling. Just to give a little background on Conti, he joined the U.S. Army in 1942. He served as part of the 94th Infantry Division, 301st Infantry Company F. And on September 8, 1944, He landed on Utah Beach in Normandy 95 days after D-Day. After two weeks right there on the front lines, he was hit by shrapnel and received a Purple Heart for his injury. In addition to the Purple Heart, Conti also received many other awards for his military service, including a Bronze Star, a Good Conduct Medal, and the Victory Medal. How beautiful to see he is honored and was there and said it was one great celebration and no doubt a great celebration for everybody else to meet this incredible member of the greatest generation. I love doing Support Our Heroes every night here on the Rita Cosby Show because we get to honor not just the military, but also their families and communities who support our great veterans. By the way, Joe from Jericho always calls in and talks about the veterans and his military service, which I love because we deeply, deeply appreciate all of you. Meantime, we are talking about how difficult it is on our U.S. southern border. I couldn't believe this today. Alejandro Mayorkas, there he is. He was getting grilled before a Senate committee. And after all the numbers, after all the headlines that we have seen of late, he still continues to maintain the border is secure. He says, we are upholding the law. We are keeping it secure. I was like, what, are you kidding me? And Josh Hawley had this very vocal exchange with him where he basically was like, "Uh, sir, no, it's not. And case in point, there's a new report that just came out. And this to me just shows the utter hypocrisy of this administration when it comes to the border. The border to me, as you know, is a huge concern. And it is stunning to know the numbers of people who have crossed our border. They believe over six million so far. That is an enormous amount basically making every town in America a border town. And now, from the administration, the Biden administration, which always says, oh, they're there for the kids. And remember, AOC crying, remember, at one of the, like, caged facilities, saying, oh, this is so terrible, the kids are caged. She was blaming it on Trump. And, of course, it turned out it was the Obama administration that was doing the caging and the separation of some of the families and putting the kids in cages, as it turned out. 
uh, because it's a voluminous task dealing with all of those that are coming through. And now there is a new report that essentially the Biden administration, get this, has lost track of 85,000 unaccompanied minors in the United States. 85,000, not 85, 85,000. That is a stunning number. And not only that, there have been all of these reports coming forward saying what's happening to these kids, it's atrocious, that basically many of them are being taken for slave labor, if you will, by people who are looking for super cheap employment or being used for human trafficking, sex trafficking. You can imagine there are people that show up every day from to these different facilities, some of them walking across the border, and they're just taking their word for it that that ID where they say, oh, yeah, I'm the father of this child or I'm the mother of this child. And a lot of times that isn't the case. They're just posing as that, and they are cartel members, and they are literally selling these children for either quick labor or something even much worse. And it's really frightening to hear these stories. Here's Marsha Blackburn talking about what's going on because she is trying to draw attention, saying that right now they have reports of at least five different whistleblowers who have come forward. And when they complain to the Biden administration, listen, we got to scan these people better that are showing up to the facility, that are taking these unaccompanied kids from these foreign countries that are coming to America, you know, and they're coming by themselves. What do we do? And we know for a case, you know, fact that some people are picking them up, using them again for these horrible, horrible conditions, and we need to do something. Well, guess what happened? A number of these people were fired by the Biden administration. Whistleblowers were fired for trying to protect kids. What a hypocrisy coming from this administration. Take a listen. Here's Marsha Blackburn saying what is actually happening to these young kids. It is heartbreaking. What we're hearing is that many of these children are going to individuals who want to use them as child labor. This is something that has to stop. The fact that they do not know if these children are being trafficked, if they are in gangs, if they're being used for drug trafficking, sex trafficking, they cannot answer the question. But what they do know, it is very intentional what they are doing at this southern border with allowing the border to be open and having all of these criminal non-citizens coming into the country, 11,000 so far this year. 11,000 criminals so far this year. By the way, in the month of March, 162,000 crossed the border. That's what we know of, which is up 25% from February. And the warm months are coming when many, many more start crossing. This is a scary situation. Also, Title 42 about to be lifted, which was that health provision, which was, you know, supposedly in place, and we still had six million crossing. It is going to be a floodgate. There are reports that there are forty thousand migrants waiting on the other side of the border in Mexico. Forty thousand plus now waiting to cross as soon as Title Forty Two is about to be lifted, which is going to happen very soon next month. Now, in addition to that. As we were talking about, quote, the health provision, which is what put Title 42 in place, a stunning report in New York City. Get a load of this. The city's health commissioner came out and revealed 
that a startling 50% of the migrants that came to the Big Apple, remember there's about 50,000 or so that have come in the past year after crossing the U.S.-Mexico border. So about 50% of them that have come to New York City are not vaccinated against the very contagious and potentially deadly polio virus, according to the administration in New York City. And then in addition to that, they are noticing that there are high rates of infectious tuberculosis uh, that they have been getting, and also outbreaks of chickenpox in shelters that are housing these new migrants. Is there any surprise? They're not vaccinated. They're not checked. They're not being screened at the border. And you know that in their home countries, they're not giving them these kind of vaccinations. So why would we assume that they're doing anything different here? And remember, Ted Cruz, who got vilified for making this comment, when they crossed the border right at the height of COVID, he was noticing, I think it was like 9% or nine times rather, more than the average American were they having COVID? Because guess what? They weren't getting vaccinated in their home countries, and they were coming to the United States. And remember, they were putting them up in hotels and putting them else, everywhere else. And at a time where they weren't allowing like people with the NYPD or the FDNY or places like that to work because they weren't vaccinated, the migrants were able to just come on in even if they weren't vaccinated clearly. I mean, it's obviously, first of all, a double standard. But it's also a huge health risk. And think about it. Now they're seeing this increase, of course, with tuberculosis and the polio virus and chickenpox coming in. Because guess what? They're not getting screened. And then they're putting them up in hotels and all these other things. This is just crazy. All these different things that are happening, again, all because this administration continues to have an open border. And also, as we talked about with the kids, Horrible repercussions with 85,000 kids that they have no idea where they are. God help what's happening to them. I mean, who knows what kind of location, who's picking them up, either slave labor, uh, human trafficking, sexual trafficking, really scary stuff. And this administration is firing whistleblowers that are complaining when they have seen what they think is a really troubling pattern and are worried about human rights abuses with these kids. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Stan. Line four, Stan, your thoughts. Uh, It's terrible on the border. No doubt about that. You'll hear that from me. You'd be surprised to hear that. Of course it's terrible. Well, uh, it's really obvious, Stan. I mean, it's horrible. (laughs) Yes, Yes, it is. But you know what's sad, Stan? The fact that they do not seem... Your administration. You love Joe Biden. Hey, he's also your administration, too, sweetheart. Well, he is. He is, which is why I complain about it, because I care about it. It is our country. Stan, it's our country. Yeah. I I would like to see, and I've mentioned this before. I'm consistent, at least. I've I've always said there should be troops on the border and send the people back. Now you mentioned about what's going on in the city with the diseases. That's even pathetic. I mean, that's crazy. What's the mayor going to do? I have no idea. So uh, I have to admit that uh, it it is a serious, serious situation. One more thing, and then I'll get off. What is this constant George Soros? Constant. I mean, it's Soros. What, is he running for president? I mean, if it isn't this, it's that with Soros. Uh, He only gives money to political organizations. Yes, he gives to uh, uh, progressives. I'm not arguing that. I'm not a fan of Soros. But 
<laughs> he, that's all he does. So uh, they got him committing crime. They got him with the maybe he brought the virus in. I mean, I mean, it's getting ridiculous. Well, anyway. I'm not. I'm by the way, I'm not sure who's saying he brought the virus in. I'm but just saying they say everything you know about but, him. He's like everything. Yeah, he. Yeah, I agree. Some people take it too. <laughs> but but Stan, you have to admit somebody who puts. $40 million, which is what he put he, into these. He puts these, money in, yeah. He put huge money in. And he puts them into clearly, as you know, these organizations but he and doesn't individuals. Elect no, but, but, but Stan, he essentially does. What do you think no, happens? No, he doesn't. That's Stan, not true. No. Stan, I, look, Stan, I Stan you no. are a smart guy, all right? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we finally agree, all right? Well, but, uh, but, it's about but, time, but, but go ahead. Right, but, <laughs> hey, finally. Hey, hey, it's, uh, it's Tuesday. All right. But no, here it is. When you put that kind of cash in to a campaign, especially these DA races, they don't get that kind of money. And suddenly you put a million dollars into an Alvin Bragg race. Guess what happens? Suddenly he can do commercials. He can hire staff. That's a huge leg up to somebody. There is no doubt. So, yeah, he doesn't pull the lever and say, OK, uh, this is the guy who's who's going to be elected. But by by picking and choosing who you're going to put that kind of money in, especially races that normally don't get that kind of money. It's not like a presidential race where there's lots of millions of dollars that I that that gives you such an enormous leg up of any other competitor. Hey, the Koch that, brothers. What that's happened huge. to the Koch brothers? Well, they put a lot of money into yeah, one. Of, by, the way, by the way, by the way, Stan, Stan, I thought that. you were smart. One of them died. All right. Oh, really? So, I didn't yeah, know that. It's a Koch brother. That. Okay. So, hey, well, I'm sorry. We all got to go. But I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. But but they, you're right. They put a lot of money in. Sure. But sure. but they don't hire these soft on crime DAs that put people back out on the streets. That's the people that's, voting, Rita. That's the people. What well, do you want me to tell you? They well, vote. I'm not doing it. By the way, and sadly, they voted the wrong way in Chicago, Stan. I'll admit and that. I was surprised. Chicago's was surprised. in the toilet. Stan, I love you. See, I complimented you tonight. I love oh, you and I complimented I, I, you. I compl- and you. As you always say, I love you too, Rita. Thank you, Stan. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Thank you, Stan. Have a great night. Let's go to Norm. Norm, your thoughts. It's a kumbaya with Stan. Go ahead. Yeah, first of all, if I ever call you sweetheart, please hang up on me and never take my call by again. The way, by anyway, the way, Norm, you Norm, know. you sound like you're in a tunnel. Yeah, uh, am I in a tunnel? I'm yeah. Not, I don't know. You sound like you're you're in a, you're somewhere. You're like on a speaker I'm or not, something. I'm not on speaker. Yeah, you call us back. Call us back. You sound like you're all in right, a tunnel. I'll call you back. Yeah, you call us back. And, and you can call me sweetheart anytime. Let's go to John real quick in Pennsylvania. Line five. Go ahead, John, real quick. Yeah, I think we're finally starting to turn stand for one thing. Yeah, but, by the uh, way, I think he I think he was drinking tonight because he was agreeing with everything I said, basically. Yeah. But uh my biggest question, has Joe Biden ever played the game of risk? Well, he's clearly playing it every day on the border. Go ahead. Well, you don't guard the border, you lose. Well, you know what? Sadly, we all lose. And that's the very sad reality, John, as you're talking about and talking about a risk. That's why, you know, to me, if there's ever a reason for, you know, uh, impeachment of like a Mayorkas or somebody or a dereliction of duty, it is the border. The fact that it's wide open and it is so bad that we even have a stand who says what's going on with all these viruses coming in with the migrants. It's so bad that, again, this is New York City's health commissioner revealing about all these deadly polio virus among the new migrants, also tuberculosis, all these very dangerous things. You know it's bad when they're set, you know, signaling it, when they're putting the word out.
I mean, this is very, this is a, a huge game of risk. And sadly, we will all pay the price for generations to come. And I agree, um, you know, when you talk about just how bad it is at the border, I really do think it is a dereliction of duty. Our president and our homeland security, their primary duty is protecting the border, and they are not doing it. And again, how do you keep track of 85,000 kids that are now gone? How do you keep track of all the, the viruses that we just were talking about, the New York City Health Commissioner? How do you turn that back? You, you can't. And that's why this is so outright dangerous. We're going to continue your calls after the break. Norm's calling. I see we're going to get him, too, and others. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. And we're talking about the border and the fact that 85,000 kids are unaccounted for. They were unaccompanied when they came across the border. And now who knows where they are across America and across the world. And the Biden administration, according to multiple reports, doesn't seem to care. That is enormous. And that is utterly hypocritic. I mean, when you think about just the whole background of the Biden administration. Oh, we care about kids. We're all about kids. And you've got 85,000 migrants that have come, young kids, and now they are in horrendous conditions. And the whistleblowers that have complained about this are getting fired. That is not a good thing whatsoever. And boy, does that show, again, the double standard with this administration, that it's all about politics. Just bring them in. Doesn't matter what happens to them. How could you not care what is happening to these young kids? Uh, my heart breaks when I hear these stories. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Norm. He is back on line two. Go ahead, Norm. Hi, Rita. Hey, yes, Norm. Back. Bigger than ever, yes. stronger than ever, my friend. I'm stronger than ever, and I won't and I won't call you my love or, or sweetheart. Anyway, um... The Democrats, they want an open border, but then they won't accept the consequences of all the horrible things like dead kids on the Rio Grande or kids being abused by coyotes, um, but, you know, uh, which, which is a consequence of, an, of that open border. And they all, but then again, I'm thinking they don't give a damn about killing kids in the womb, and so there you have it. Yeah, you know what? That's an interesting analogy, um, and, I, and I, hear what you're go, I hear where you're going with that. Regarding, by the way— um, it is just shocking that they're also firing people who are drawing attention to it. Because how could your heart not break for these young people, especially, um, that are coming here? You know, young kids, uh, many of them don't speak the language. They are unaccompanied. Sure. And, of course, in a lot of cases, the parents are sending them here to, to send a better life. You and I love this country, Norm. We want yeah. we think America is the greatest. And you hear, you know, if, and, you know, you can't blame somebody for saying, oh, I want to send my child, although— Obviously, to to send your child right. without a, a, an adult is a dangerous situation. But they're trusting these coyotes. They're trusting other people. Um, and these poor people are living horrible conditions. And they're walking into, in some cases, even worse. Um, and, and it is shameful on the administration. A thousand percent. Correct. Thousand percent. Norm, I love you. And, and I'll call you sweetheart. How's that? <laughs> oh, that'd be great. <laughs> Norm, you're great. Thank you very much. Let's go to Alex in California. Alex, your thoughts about this? 
Hi, thank you for taking my call. I just wanted to say uh, uh, a possible solution for the unaccompanied minors. Have the U.S. Attorney General declare them to be orphans, and that would enable us to legally and ethically deport them to orphanages across Latin America where the people speak their language. They can provide them with clothes, food, shelter, and, and education until they become adults. But, you know, uh, and I hear where you're going. And by the way, many of them uh, could potentially be orphans. We don't know that, but they won't do that. You know that this administration is doing nothing. And that's the sad reality. Alex, they don't want to do anything. They don't want to categorize them. They don't even want to have a track record of them because they just want them to kind of morph into America like everybody else. Um, And you're right. They're sadly not looking for any creative solutions, especially anything that would deport them. Uh, You know, even though your intent's a good one. Uh, let's go to Carl. Real quick, line four. Carl, real quick. Yeah, hello, Rita. Uh, Rita, thank you for taking my call. Uh, I want to say that um, many of these migrants are also carrying bacteria on their body that they're immune to. That's an interesting point. You're right. Um, but yet the American public may not be immune to them. And as we just heard from the New York health director, it could be very dangerous, scary stuff. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.